0: Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing today? Tonight, this afternoon. I trust everyone had a good New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Sorry I didn't do an episode before the New Year's. I wanted to, but something came up so I wasn't able to. But I hope everybody was safe. I just want to say thank you for you know, sticking with me, you know, listening and being great words of encouragement. I've enjoyed doing this podcast. I've enjoyed sharing my beliefs, my philosophy and my thoughts with you guys here in this beautiful great state of Wisconsin. Bellwether State. Um, I just hope everybody was safe. You know, as we go into the new year, today started the new Congress. So that's exciting, you know, 117th Congress. You know, Nancy Pelosi once again elected speaker. Nearly, this is the most narrow majority any party has had in over a century. Uh, I think not a century, but maybe a hundred years. So it's very close. So what I wanted to go over: how is it that when the American people need help? Congress turns its back on us. Donald Trump said, and he was the one, his administration, when they were negotiating the COVID relief bill, they negotiated a $600 stimulus payment. Because as you know, if you followed it, you know, the compromises. The compromise that the, the group of senators came together, there was no direct payment in it. And then, you know, somewhere along the lines of people talk and the ball got ruined, then the White House pushed, well, let's give everybody $600. You know, let's give them something. Understandable, you know. As a person who has a job right now, and I'm thankful that I do, I knew that, you know, as much as I love direct payments, you know, I really didn't need it. But, you know, as long as, you know, people who are struggling, you know, give them the supplemental payments through the unemployment which is help and as i said you know we're not going to give them 600 dollars. we're just going to give them three which is very you know doable and wise because i know there was somebody i met was making a thousand dollars a week a thousand dollars a week on unemployment and i looked at them and i said you know what you're making more money than me and i go to work every day but you have to look at it like that. So when the White House proposed that, you know, and after they cut the deal, everybody agreed on it. Trump came out and he said, "You know, this six hundred dollar payment is is small. We should give everybody a direct a, a two thousand direct payment, two thousand dollars." Now, don't get me wrong. If you're struggling, six hundred dollars is something, but two thousand, that is. Something big to truly help the American people. So the Democrats, like Nancy Pelosi, were quick to answer up and pass the bill in the House. Party line vote majority. I think a good chunk of the House did pass it, but when it got to the Senate, it got stalled. This is where, as a person looking out, I look at Mitch McConnell and I say, "Why?" Because, as you know, Democrats in the Senate said. Just give us a clean vote. No gimmicks, no nothing. Just give us a clean vote up and down on the $2,000. Mitch McConnell would not do it. What did he do? He played games. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to do the president's agenda. We're going to do his agenda. But we're also going to tack on repealing 230. And then we're going to do this commission on election. Integrity, Democrats—that's a no go. That's a no. That's a no go. That's a no starter. A non starter. Here's a man that's been in Congress, been in Congress for thirty-five years. Thirty-five years, just newly reelected. He's been in Congress for 35 years. Do you know how much Mitch McConnell's worth? Mitch McConnell's worth $22.5 million, $22.5 million. But when it comes to you and me, the American people who are struggling, and we don't give a shit about the games, we just want the help. It's not our fault that a pandemic came our way. It's not our fault that Big Brother said you had to close things down. We are hurting. And Mitch McConnell is playing some silly mind game to prove a point. And the question is, what point? What point? You'd rather let people in your state starve, go hungry, can't afford to pay their rent, have to side on gas or food, or even medicine because you feel that giving the American people two thousand dollars when you're worth twenty two million is too much. Oh no, no, you're worried about the deficit. That's what Ron, Senator Johnson, said from my home state of Wisconsin. It's going to add four hundred and sixty five thousand. A billion to the deficit. So now you're worried about the deficit. Now it's a big thing. The last four years, I heard no Republican say shit about the deficit. But when it comes time to giving the American people just a a little bit of help, well, I know people would say, "Well, Mark, they're they're getting this this bill that's gonna that's gonna aid them and you know help them get through." Ladies and gentlemen. I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and ask, me, ask yourself that question. What is $600 going to do for you? What did $1,200 do for you? You know, you gave me $12,000 over the summer, and that was supposed to last me for how long? Pay how many bills? I mean, unless you lived in your mama's bedroom, or your mama, a room in your mom's house, that doesn't do anything. The man's been in office for 35 years. He's so detached. People in Congress are detached from the American people. And the only time they tell us the truth is when they want to lie to us because they need our vote. If Mitch McConnell had, if this was before the election, we would have got the $2,000. But no, 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 no. He's safe. He's safe for six years. He doesn't give a shit about the American people. It's all about Mitch McConnell. And 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 to be fair, Harry Reid, before he retired, he played these games too. With the Democrats, with the Republicans in the Senate, and the Republicans in the House. So I can't blame Mitch McConnell because whoever sits in that chair plays these games on the opposite party who controls the House. Be it Chuck Schumer by some chance wins the Senate majority. He's going to do the same thing if Republicans take back the house in 2020 2022 which is a possibility you know but it just boggles my mind. I, 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 I think of Herbert Hoover who said you know he he was <laughs> Herbert Hoover was a I was probably a good president but he was just the wrong guy at that time he had the right mindset he had the right skills but the era he was placed in was bad because his mindset was the markets will take care of it the markets will take care of it well herbert hoover learned and mitch mcconnell needs to learn that sometimes you have to go beyond the markets it's not socialism to help the american people It's socialism when you try to pass a tax cut that only goes to the top 1% and goes to business. And then you try to tell us it's important that we pass this bill. And all alone, it still has not paid for itself. So don't give me that shit about the deficit. I don't want to hear it. I, I, I look at the Republicans now and I say to myself, you have forfeited your right to say anything anymore to me about the Constitution or about the deficit. The American people are hurting. And you can't give them a measly $2,000 when you're worth $22 million. How can you relate to me when you've been in Congress for 35 years? Think about it, 35 years. You've been protected. You've had a job. You've never had to go a day without worrying if you'll have a job on Monday morning. You've never had to go a day without worrying at the end of the workday if the boss is going to call you in the office and tells you, "We we're closing up." You've been safe. You you might not have always been the majority leader, but guess what? You've been safe. You've been you've had a safe almost a safe seat. You've had a good job. You make $185,000 a year. You're married to a very wealthy woman. You live in a nice house. But you can't help the American people out when they need help. Because you feel it's a bridge too far. Think about that, people. It's a bridge too far to get me and you to Thousand dollars, but it wasn't a bridge too far when you passed that massive tax cut that only helped the wealthy. And I'll be honest, I worked a job. Out of the tax cut, I only got an extra hundred dollars on my check. Now, I admit that that does something, but only an extra hundred. I'm sure there were people who got extra thousands. Of dollars in their check. The tax cut was not needed at that time. The tax cut only benefited the top 1% in the wealthy. And yet, we sit back and act like we're doing the American people a favor when we say, you know what? Here's $600. Go buy yourself something nice. Ladies and gentlemen, no one knows when this pandemic's going to end. No one knows when governors will look at their their citizens and say, "You know what? We have to open this this state back up." And as bad as I, 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 I said we should close it down until we find a cure, I honestly feel that we need to open the country back up. We do need to get people back to work. But as we get them back to work, we also have to realize that they need help on their way to getting back on their feet. There are some jobs that aren't coming back. There are some industries that it's going to take years, years for them to get right. The hospitality restaurant industry, the airline industry. I predict it won't be till 2025, 2026 before they're back to pre-COVID conditions. Think about it. When the economy shut down, we were humming along. Now, a lot of people don't realize that February, we slipped into a slight recession. But had COVID not happened, I feel like we would've become out of the, it would've been a short-lived recession. We are at a moment right now we need people to stand up. We need leaders to say it's not about the party or the party's philosophy, it's about the American people. And right now, I stand with the American people. So, anything I need to do for the American people, let's do it now. We'll focus on the bills and everything else later. Let's focus on getting the American people well and back on their feet. But when you sit there and you tell me you can't give me $2,000 and, and you pack it with a bill with two other things that you know are non-starters, that tells me you're just playing political mind games, that you're not serious, that you only care about Mitch. Now, I've been sitting and I've been thinking, the Integrity on Election Commission is... The Republicans want. Here is the same party that when Democrats said, maybe we should investigate this Russia thing. They wanted no part of it. Did they do it? Yes. But they wanted no part of it. But now, because their guy lost, we need to have a commission? To be honest, I feel like we should. And I feel like, if I was a Democrat, I feel like... (sighs) I feel like Joe Biden should stand up and say, yes, let's investigate the election. He is the president, like Donald Trump was the president in 2016. And so if we investigate Russia and we find out Russia did help in the election, guess what? You're still the president. No one's going to take that from you. Joe Biden, guess what? You're still going to be the president. No one's going to take that from you. But by doing that, you will instill confidence in the american people and the people that didn't vote for you you will show them that you were above politics and that it's more to you that the people have trust in the process than think you won this illegitimately now section 230 when i look at it you might say oh. it's it's about protecting The internet, and that's what we need. So if they repealed it, it would hurt the kooks who say just crazy shit. They definitely wouldn't get their shit out now because you'd have internet websites so freaked out and scared that they might get sued. Think of Sandy Hook and all the people who said it was a conspiracy. Those families could have sued Twitter, Facebook, for allowing it, which would put Facebook and Twitter in a tight spot. And then the people who are saying it would push back and say, oh. and then you could going say, well, wait a minute. Remember when you went along with Trump and you wanted Section 230 of the Internet repealed? Yeah, this is what happens. So as much as Mitch McConnell is playing these mind games, I would look at Mitch and I would go to Thor and I would say, with all due respect to my colleague, the senator from the great state of Kentucky, As much as I feel that you want to go along with the president and give the president the agenda he wants on his way out the door, I respect that. But my dear friend, the senior senator from Kentucky, I ask you, what about the American people who right now need the extra money that we can provide for them? We have to think about them. They are the reason we stand here today. We don't stand here and support special interest groups. We're not here for lobbyists. We're here from the great states that we represent. Me from the great state of Wisconsin. You from the great state of Kentucky. How can we go back home to our districts, our states, and look our people in the eye and say, we could not do our job. They sent us here to do our job. We have to be willing to take the tough votes. If not, we need to go home because we are not living up to what they want us to. Now, Mitch McConnell, I know you mean well. I know you're hurt because your president lost. But why should the American people have to suffer because he cannot get over an election he lost? People in his own administration said this was the most safe, secure election there ever was. The attorney general, on his way out the door, said there was no election fraud. So, having a commission for what? To make a president feel good. Repealing Section 230 does more damage to Donald Trump and his tweets than it does to help him. We shouldn't regulate the internet. We should let it be. And we should get the American people the aid they need. Now, you might say the deficit when we didn't think about the deficit when we passed that tax cut. You might say it's a little too much. Yes, it might be. But $2,000 is a lot to a family that doesn't have anything coming in right now. So, my dear friend from the great state of Kentucky, I beg of you for an up and down vote. I beg of you to truly think of the people of your state. And see, I would say that, and I would start throwing figures out of unemployment in Kentucky right now, people on food stamps in Kentucky right now, you're telling me you're willing to let those people suffer because you want to placate a president. You want to make him feel good about himself. When in fact, he's going to be more taken care of when he walks out the door than the people we represent right now who are hurting. It's not about us, Mitch. It is not about us, Senator McConnell. It is about them. It is about them. And if you cannot see that, you are no better than the president. You know what's funny? The president administration came out and they said $600 direct payments, and, and people said, "Okay, we don't like it, but we'll do it." You know, every, every, people didn't get what they want, but they got something. And then he said, "No, no, no, let's do $2,000." And you know, Democrats jumped on They said, "Okay, we'll we'll go along." Republicans said, "No, no, no, no." But here is a guy that put something forward that did not fight forward. Think about that. He did not fight for the $2,000. He just threw it out there and walked away. How can we look at it any other way that it wasn't a priority? It was a sleight of hand. If if Donald Trump truly wanted us to get $2,000, he wouldn't have gone to Florida for New Year's Eve. He would have sent Mike Pence to the freaking Capitol and said, Don't you dare fucking come back until I get $2,000 up and down vote in the Senate. If you truly want something, if you truly are passionate about something, you will fight for it. Look at what people are passionate about and what they're willing to do for it because guess what? They're passionate about it. They're passionate about it. And Donald Trump was not. He just threw it in the air and said, somebody catch it. Let the American people know I'm fighting for them. Kinda. Kinda. People are blaming the Democrats. You know, the Democrats had their bill in May, ready to go. Mitch McConnell sat on his ass and put a bill forward in September. September. And guess what? They both were political and had no chance of passing. But when we finally got a chance to put a bill and pass a bill, everyone didn't get what they wanted, but they got something, and it was all to help the American people. Mitch McConnell was so quick to give liability insurance to business, but when it came time, when it came time to cut the American people a small little cheque of two thousand dollars instead of six that the president wanted that the president wanted, they bring up the deficit. Oh the deficit. Oh the deficit we gotta think about the deficit. Why? Why? Why is it when a Democrat's elected Republicans all of a sudden, think about the deficit? If you truly cared about the deficit. You would have cared about it January 20th, 2017 at noon. You would have had a president put budgets forward that truly represented a conservative mindset, the conservative principles. But no, 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 no. you spent like drunken sailors and local where we're at. Right now, we're in a pandemic. People are hurt. Businesses are closed. Right now, we cannot worry about the deficit, or guess what? We're just Herbert Hoover during the 1930s, the beginning of the Great Depression, because we're believing that the markets will fix themselves. They will right the wrong. You can't be giving aid to business and forget about the American people, because if you give aid to business, you're gonna have no one spend the money to help the business. And as much as I said the last, past, uh, last podcast, I, I honestly feel like we're creating this bubble that when it bursts, it's not going to be well. Now, don't get me wrong. What we're doing is kind of socialism because we're popping people up. But right now, people need it. Businesses need it. And that's the right thing to do. So we have to look at that aspect. But we also have to realize and have a heart to realize that these people are hurting and they need the aid right now. It's not about us, it's not about them, it's about the American people. So no matter what political spectrum you're on, you have to look at it from that lens. And so when I say Donald Trump put it forward, and didn't fight for it, it shows you he didn't care for it. He just wanted to toss it up. If he truly cared for it, we would have got it. He would have pushed the people in the Senate and said, Mitch, we need it. And it just goes to show you that the last four years, here was a man that said, I'm the ultimate deal maker. I cut the best deals. And maybe he did during the presidency that we don't know about. Maybe he cut some deals. The bill of lease, he didn't get a. I I feel like if he would have got another four years, there would have been a peace plan. I believe he could have got it done. The strategy I saw he was what they were doing. It would have got done. But when it came to things about a $2,000 check, where's the deal making? Where's the deal process? If you're the ultimate deal maker, if you truly care about the American people, you would have got the deal done. But yet you golfed, you went to a party, you cut short, you came back to the Capitol, but he he didn't do the things that presidents do when they want a deal done. If I was Donald Trump's advisor right now, I'd I would have said when he brought it up, I'd say, you know what? Let's cancel our Christmas vacation. Let's cancel it. Let's send Mike Pence to the Capitol and tell him not come back until we got our two thousand dollars. Let's go on. Let's go on TV. Let's hold interviews and let's truly push the Senate, to help the American people. Mr. President, you got 74 million votes. You got power. You got sway over the party. You can get it done. You're the only one that can get it done. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's book the interviews. Fox News, ABC News, MSNBC, CNN. Let's sit down with them and make the case while we need this extra help. People are hurting. Mr. President, you can get it done. Let's leave on a high note. And when we get this deal done, let's start setting ourselves up for 2024. Let's look at the door, let's look at it right. Mr. President, right now, and I would hand him the phone, call Mitch McConnell, make the case. Say, put, I need an up and down vote on the $2,000. Make section 230 in the election commission a separate bill. I want two up and down votes. I'll make the case. You get me the votes you would have had at least 48 democrats ready to go you just have to sway the republicans but mr president you right now are the only guy that can get this done but you have to want it you are the ultimate deal maker mr president people are looking to you right now and wondering what are you going to do Let's set ourselves up for 2024. Let's put Joe Biden on notice and say we're still on the game. Let's continue to freeze the field in 2024. They want to be president. Well, they got to come to Mar a Lago and they've got to kill the, kiss the ring. Or they got to be willing to come after the king. That's what I would have said. Show me what you love, show me what you're passionate about, and I'll show you what you're willing to fight for. This president is not willing to fight for us. He's proven it, that it has to be about him. Because if he was willing to fight for us, guess what? We would have got that check. We would have gotten it. We would have gotten the help we need. The help we need. The help we so desperately need. You could almost say we crave it. Right now, businesses are shuddering. Mom and pops are gone. We are headed into, we're headed into a time period where there will be no more small businesses. It'll all be big store big names you know the best thing in the world is when someone takes you to a place and it's a hole in the wall and you you try their food or their dessert and you say that's the best tiramisu best cheesecake best cake i've ever eaten those places are gone those places are going away you've got i think i've seen up to 800 a back rent, mortgage payments. The moratorium, it's well, it's good, but the bubble is coming. People are hurting. You know, think about that. When the moratorium ends, how are people gonna pay their rent? How are people gonna pay their back mortgage? I would say on the mortgage, it's probably a little easier to work with the bank and take what they owe and put it on the back end. But if you don't have a job, that's the issue. I mean, we could have gone about this so differently. I mean, if you asked Herbert Hoover, if he could have changed how he went about the beginning of the Great Depression, would he, he probably would look you dead in the eye and say, yes. I would have done things so much differently. I would have went to the Congress. I would have said, we have to give the people aid. It can't be about, you know, Nikki Haley said, we're living in an age of socialism. She said, socialism. Is it socialism when we give tax breaks to businesses? To me, that's socialism. We're helping them out. Capitalism is where we help no one out, where we look at businesses and we say, guess what, guess what, guess what? You're on your own. Live and die by what you sell or what you make. That is capitalism. But the socialism they, she talks about is a socialism where we help the American people out. No, we don't want to do that, because if you help the American people out, it we we, we have them relying on government. The one thing I would tell my Republican brothers and sisters is, nobody wants to be relied on government. And the people that do are the people that never really wanted to do anything, ever. The people I'm talking about want a job. They want to be able to stand on their own two feet. They want to be able to earn something. But when it's taken from them, you know, they feel less than a person. Think about it. If you've got a family to support and you can't do that, you can't tell me you feel good. Your whole objective in life is to support and take care of your family not depend on anybody. That's what the American people want. You know, if tomorrow you could tell somebody, take this $2,000 check, or take this job where you can return to make what you made before the pandemic, if not more, what would you decide? Every fucking time, I bet you people would take the job. If they're like me, I'd rather work than be given a handout nothing in this world is promised to anybody and we have to earn it but when it's taken from us we have to depend on government no one likes government i get that i get that but when things get south people look to it people want to have it two ways they want to talk about how horrible government is and all this handouts and all this but when shit hits the fan guess who you're coming to? You want the handout. You want the help. You want your government to bail you out because you know no one else will. You know if the government turns its back on you, guess what? You're going into the wilderness. Like I said, I, I, I didn't agree with before, but I think we have to open this country back up. We have to. We have to be willing to take the risk we have to be willing to take the risk, because if not, we'll never open back up. We'll never open back up, because we'll always be scared. The path going forward is not a good one. It is paved with holes. But what we can do going forward is to be safe, wearing our masks, keeping our distance, hanging with people that are in our bubble. That's what we have to do. But right now, before we can even get get closer and start itching, inching closer, we need a break. We just need a little handout to get us till tomorrow. Just a just little crumbs to get us till tomorrow. Does it suck that the government can't see fit? to give us a little bit more? yes, it does and right now everybody should be remembering the people who when we needed their help said no take six hundred dollars take it or leave it. What about two no 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 you take six thousand you take six hundred dollars take it or leave it. You don't need two thousand dollars. the deficit is too high. We have to worry about the deficit because we didn't worry about it before. And if I give you $2,000, we're going to blow the deficit. We can't let them forget. We have to remember that these people do not care about us. They only care about their political standing. People are about to get kicked out of their apartments. I mean the moratorium as well is good, but two thousand dollars could help you pay some of that back rent. Think about it. Pay some of that back rent, maybe some back mortgage. We have to look to the future. We have to start setting up now, ladies and gentlemen. We're headed to a on a on a collision course, and it won't. In well, today I speak of a future that we have never known. We don't know what to expect. The vaccines are out, but guess what? People are scared to take them. They don't have confidence. In them. The government hasn't instilled confidence in so us. They just say, "Oh, take them." They're good. And then you read the stories of people collapsing, getting sick, dying from the vaccine. Just because you put a celebrity in front of my face doesn't mean I'm going to take it. Let him take it. Let him risk his life. But I'm not going to risk mine. Right now. Right now. There's a line. There's a line in a movie. There's a line in a movie. Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. Is it bad that these people want to live and die in a warm bed in a nice neighborhood? Uh, Probably not the line, but I, I, I judged it. Mitch McConnell, is it bad that people want to take care of their families? That they look at the $600 you give them and say, you know what, it's not enough, but it's something. You're worth $22.5 million. The least you can do is cut a $2,000 check for people. See, you're not worried about money. You're taken care of, you've got a job. But these are the things that we need to think about. Show me what you're passionate about and I'll show you what you're willing to fight about. Show me what you're passionate about and I'll show you what you're willing to fight about. Right now, Donald Trump is more preoccupied about overturning an election. Think about that. He's preoccupied. That's where his passions lie. It's not about helping us. Think about that. 144 Republicans in the House, 12 Senators in the Senate are going to contest the election, the certification of Joe Biden. Now, you might say, well, the Democrats said, yes, they did it. And it doesn't make it right. We had an honest, fair election. You don't have to agree with the results. My buddy did not agree with the results in 2016, but guess what? He lived. He he accepted it. He told me he was a little depressed, but he accepted it. Republicans have to be willing to accept the results. Donald Trump has to be willing to accept the results. He lost. He lost. He's more passionate about the election than giving people a two thousand dollar checks. Yeah, he brought it up, but guess what? He didn't fight for it. Here's a man that I've heard and I've read is that he's never worked more hard in his life to overturn the results of this election. He lost by 7 million votes. You've got 144 people in the House, 12 senators, all saying something fishy went on. It doesn't sound right. These are the same people that in 2016, when Democrats said Russia might have helped Joe, I mean, Donald Trump won the election, they said, no, 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 no. He won on his own own merit. We don't need to have an investigation. Why? We don't need to have an investigation then, but we need to have one now because your guy lost? You can't have it both ways. You can't push for an investigation now and say we need to look into it, but you didn't push for it then. We're getting to a point where every election cycle, you're going to have somebody question the results. That's not democracy. Trust me. No one likes the outcome of an election. Well, they do. But one side doesn't like it, and the other side does. We have to be willing to accept that. That's what it's all about. Democracy. And if we cannot accept the results of an election, what can we accept? We do a commission. We investigate all 50 states. What if they all come back and say there was no election fraud? Everything was only up and up? Are we going to accept it then? Are we going to be able to say, Joe Biden won this thing fairly? Ladies and gentlemen, No. Because every time that happens, it happened in Georgia, they're going to move the goalposts. They're going to slide it a little bit north. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That guy wasn't on the commission. No, 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 that guy wasn't on the commission. No one's ever going to accept the results of an election. 2016, you might not have liked it, but guess what? Donald Trump won the election. Hillary Clinton lost, and she conceded. She lost by 7,500 votes. Donald Trump has lost by 7 million. She conceded. She didn't like it, but guess what? She got up, she smiled, and she did what she had to do. Because the presidency is bigger than any one of us. She knew that. And for the continuity of government, you have to have a smooth transition. Donald Trump cannot do what he did for the last four years and expect that he was going to have a free ride. You can't bully. You can't tweet. You can't mean mug people. Things have consequences. Your actions have consequences. But guess what? That's what you get. But you thought you could just talk to people any kind of way. You could just tweet at them and bully them and think you could win an election. You didn't grow the tent. You didn't grow the base. But now you say you lost because it was rigged. Why? You lost the election, Donald Trump, January 21st, 2017, when you decided not to grow your base. When you decided to just talk to the base. I honestly believe Donald Trump could have been the best president we ever had. He wasn't beholden to the Republican Party. He wasn't beholden to the Democratic Party. He was a man that had a, ta- that had a tag on his chest, but he was his own man. He could have got a health care bill out of this world that truly took care of everyone. He could have passed an infrastructure bill that truly, really started to rebuild America. It just took somebody willing to do the work and put in the time. Get off the phone, stop tweeting. Put your head down to the grindstone and be willing to work for it. That's all it took. That's all it took. A little work. A little elbow grease. Is that bad? Is that bad? Ladies and gentlemen, answer me that. Is that bad? Show me what you're passionate about, and I'll show you what you're willing to fight for. Right now, Donald Trump is more passionate about helping himself win an election that he lost. The people in his own administration said, this is the most secure election of our lifetime. A.G. Barr said there was no election fraud that he found. These people work for Donald Trump. He said he only hires the best. And he can't take their word for it. These are the people that did the job every single day. That's what they focused on. Donald Trump was focused on other stuff. But he can't accept what they say, and so he has to tell us it's something else other than it is. Some people say this is a money grab for him to raise money. On his way out the door. What do you do? With that is that to me that's that's so cowardly and just downright ugly. You're gonna take money for people and tell them the election was a fraud. Or, where's the proof? You're gonna take that's like a TV pastor taking money out of our pockets and telling us to send them money so we can go to the promised land. Jesus was a simple man, and he didn't care about money. He just cared about saving souls. Donald Trump could be what Jesus was, a simple politician that only cares about making people's life better. You don't got to be Jesus, and I'm not comparing him to Jesus, but I'm saying he could have been something other than what he was. But when you have 144 people in the House, 12 senators stand up and say, there is something we need to do about this election because it was fishy. When Donald Trump's own administration says there is not, what are we led to believe? We're led to believe that people can't accept that people split the ticket. People didn't like Donald Trump. He wasn't likable. Maybe you liked him, and that's fine. Promises kept, promises made. Promises made, promises kept. Don't get confused about how it's being played out. Donald Trump is a simple man that only cares about Donald Trump, and it's proven him It's proven right now that it's true. He could have played this so differently. I was thinking about that today. He could have played this so differently if he wanted to run in 2024. You might say, well, think about it. He could have invited Joe Biden to the White House. He could have gracefully just conceded. He would have sent his critics in shock because they all think. He could have told his administration to work with the incoming administration. He could have started slowly to push the virus, the vaccine, out quicker than it is. He could have done all these things and then got us the check, got us a great deal on the way out the door. Slowly, with the mindset of 2024 of coming back, the moment he leaves office. You wait a year. You see how it plays out. And then you step up. That's what he could have done. But he is willing to play some stupid short game instead of the fucking long one. Donald Trump can be better than what he is. But he chooses not to be. And the people he surrounds himself with our sycophants, our yes-men, he needs someone to look him in the eye and say, Donald, this is what we need to do. But they will never be that person because Donald Trump refuses to have that person around him. 144 people in the House. 12 senators. You know, they wanted to form a commission. But like I've said before... You tell me you couldn't accept the results now, but you were willing to accept the results when we said, well, "Can we look at Russia and maybe they help Donald Trump?" We can't have it both ways, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to do me a favor right now. Just think about it. Donald Trump is more passionate about trying to turn overturn. A duly elected president-elect. An election that his own administration said was the most secure election of our lifetime. His attorney general said there was no fraud. But Donald Trump's telling us not to think about it, not to look at it. Look over here, look over here. He's doing the sleight of hand again. Aren't you tired of looking at the left hand, looking at the right hand? Look at the left. What is the left hand doing? Think about that. Think about that. And the question you have to ask yourself, what about North Carolina? What about the states? What about Iowa? What about Florida? You know, if we're we're only focused on the states that Joe Biden won to win the election, what about the states Donald Trump won? You see, you can't have it both ways, I think. If you're going to look at Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada. you got to be willing to look at North Carolina, Florida, Iowa, Ohio. Look at those states. Question those states. That's what you have to be willing to do. The question I've said before, and it makes me wonder, why would we want someone in office who's so scared to give up power he's it makes you wonder why is he so scared to let it go if you want to be president again he's played it wrong he has played it wrong he's burning his legacy on his way out the door and historians will write about this and he won't like it his people won't like it but this is history this is fact Donald Trump could have been so much better than what he is. So much better. But he chooses not to be. He chooses to be something that he is not. He chooses to be a man that wants to be a dictator, that wants to rule. You know, he, when China made their president president for life, he questioned it. He said, oh, that's nice. But you can see in his eyes, he wants that same power. But we don't have it here in America, ladies and gentlemen. Before I wrap this, this 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 section up, I just want to say, Donald Trump lost. We had a fair election. You don't have to like the results, but guess what? Joe Biden won, and that's what we have elections for. And in four years, 2024, we can vote him out, and vote a Republican in. But guess what? Do me one favor. When Democrats do what you're doing today, and start questioning, uh. President-elect Rubio, President-elect Cruz, you know any Republican running, don't question or say shit. If you're willing to go along with this fiasco, don't say shit when Democrats bring it up, because we're just setting a tra- a dangerous trend. And and Ron Johnson tried to be cute, and he said, "Oh, people didn't question people questioned election in 2016, and they're questioning now. We need yeah." I do feel like we need to have a commission. I'll say it. We need to have an election commission. We need to nationalize elections. I feel that way. I'm willing to go that far. Nationalize all elections. Make it centralized. One piece of paper, everyone uses the same format. No one questions it. A Secretary of Elections. Three Democrats, three Republicans. Right down the middle. Nonpartisan. Leave your fucking political beliefs at the fucking door and focus on the American people right down the middle. This would make it so much better. We have to instill confidence in our elections and we have to do it now. Because right now, what we're doing is we're tearing at the fabric of this democracy 244 years old. We're young. Rome claps from within. And if we do not get our shit straight, we will be wrong. And people will be writing about how America collapsed from within. We cannot let that happen. We can't. We can't. We shall not. So, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it has been a pleasure to do this podcast for you. I started off. 104 days ago. September 21st. I said I wanted to create a revolution. I wanted to recruit you. My whole mindset was I wanted you to think. Politics is so interesting. It's so complex on so many issues. But. I love it. It's just the the thought of ideas. Two people walk in a a room with ideas, and the best ideas win. Lately, politics has become a popularity contest. It has. But at the end of the day, it's still so fascinating. I used to always say, you know a politician is fucked up when people start paying attention to politics and start trying to figure out how it works. Think about it. would politicians have fucked up and people who don't normally pay attention to politics, right now, we're ending the election season and everyone's focused on the last election, the Georgia runoff. Think about it. Three million people have voted in a runoff. That is something that's never before ever happened. Well, it's, probably, uh, it's, it's hardly ever happened in Georgia. And people were saying before the election, oh, when we get to the runoff, you know, it, it dies down and it bodes well for Republicans. And so they're saying 3 million people have already voted and Democrats are smiling. And I say, whoa, whoa, how do we know Democrats have the edge? But. To me, that is great, that is wonderful, that shows that people are engaged. People are willing to step up and people aren't willing to just sit back anymore. If you truly want change in this country, get out and vote. Being purple, that's what it is. It's about getting out and voting, letting your voice be heard, wanting to change things. When I say we need, yeah, nationalize elections, make it seamless. Make it easy for people to vote. You could see when people didn't like it that people could vote by mail. They didn't like that process. Now why? Because it made it where people could vote easily. We want to make it hard in this country because we don't want certain people to vote, and we can't have that. We need to fix this country because this country is falling apart. We're on the verge. The one thing that scared me this election cycle, people would rather have a dictator be ruled by a king, a monarch. Than have a republic. We cannot let that happen. Being purple is about standing up, willing to do whatever you can for this country to make it better that everyone has a fair shake, no matter what party they stand for. You could be a Democrat, you could be a Republican, you could be an independent, but as long as you're willing to go to the polls or get a mail in vote or an absentee ballot and let your voice be heard, Let's change the course of where this country is headed and put it right back on the right ch- track. 104 days I started that, and that's why I'm here today. I'm so proud to bring this podcast to you every week, and I'll do better. Uh, my goal is to do a two, pod- two podcasts a week, but if not one. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. It's been a, uh, a blessing. <sighs> Hope you have a good new year. It's going to be an interesting one as we head to January 20th. God bless. Good night. Happy New Year.